Yo, 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 it's episode 269 of G.I. Joburg, and in this episode, we're rewriting the Hammerverse. This is Steve, and I'd like to just set the tone by saying that in 2022, it is the 40th anniversary not only of our beloved toy line, but of its accompanying comic book series as well. And not only that, but this year, it will ring in its 300th issue. So what better time than in 269 to talk tops and tails, beginnings and endings, as to mouth. I mean, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> My name is Steve. And in the chat, we have Paul. Hey, hey. Hello, Paul. Hello. And Robert. Hi there, guys. It's, it, I'm glad everyone's here to see me again. Um, and, and we have a third member this week. His name's Paul. Uh, you might recognize him from, from some of our really old episodes. Um, but yeah, he, he wants to be a regular again. And we were like, you can do it, Paul. We're happy to have yeah, you Paul on. Paul stepped out for a week, so it was a, it was a dialogue. Now it's a trialogue. <laughs> Paul, what happened to you last week, bro? Shit, dude. It's been, it's been madness. It's been like... Load shedding has been like a huge bummer uh, that's been getting in the way of things. So there was that. But then something that's really cool that happened in between that. And I think this is the best way for me to um, get everybody up to speed quickly. So um, had lots of load shedding. So it was very dark. So I took lots of photos in the dark with some fancy lights that I bought. <laughs> so this is me taking photos of, with my fancy lights in the dark. So that's about the most fun I had while you guys were cool and talking about all kinds of fun stuff on the episode. And then um, I had the other distinct pleasure of going to this fun place, Comic-Con Africa. Okay, this is outside. This is the food section. It was crazy, crazy busy. Uh, I feel bad that I caught that guy like grabbing his nose. I really wasn't watching him. Um, and yeah, so Comic-Con Africa happened and... Because I started this uh, company with a friend of mine called Gun Gunpla SA, uh, we were there representing and uh, selling some of our Gundam kits and all of our Gunpla wares. We were unleashing them onto the uh, mass public um, at Comic-Con. It was really, really good. It was a great show for us. Um, I, went, I, I was trying to... I'd send some of these images to the guys um, because in the hopes of them pooping, uh, <laughs> putting them in the episode... Um, but yeah, this is just me at Comic-Con and yeah, guys, Comic-Con Africa was awesome. I got to meet Zach Howard. Uh, some of you may know this name. He did uh, a lot of pencils for the Death of Cobra Commander um, issues um, and he did some of the covers. Very, very cool artwork, uh, artist, uh, just rad guy just in general. We had some good chats about um, comic books and art and G.I. Joe and all that kind of stuff. And uh, Kujo may be happy to know that he lives in Colorado as well. So uh, that was cool. That was exciting. I've managed to get his sketchbook, although I haven't taken a photo of his sketchbook yet. Ran into my friend Siggy. She was uh, being transformed into a mermaid. Uh, so we did a, a selfie together. Um, I ate this thing that I call a KFC Bukaki burger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why? What is that? It's two donuts on a chicken... Uh, on a on a chicken uh, patty, you know, like hey. a like a 
Yeah. Did they make this especially for... Yes, they had a special menu for Comic-Con. KFC did like a whole unique menu for Comic-Con. They had buns that were black. They had buns that were red. They had they all had like geeky names like the Player 1 and 2 bundle. This thing Is was... Is there a more heart-exploding meal than a <laughs> breaded, deep-fried chicken fillet sandwiched between two deep-fried glazed donuts? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I had to eat this. I had to eat this, and the only Watch reason I won't recommend it again, that I don't <laughs> recommend doing it, and the only reason I won't do it again, and why I call it a Bukaki burger, is because you eat this thing, you go full face into it, right? And it's just, your face is just full of sticky white goop, and it just makes a mess. <laughs> oh. So I feel like the most fan-appropriate name for this would have been the Bukaki burger, uh, you know, owing to a little bit of hentai them. If you don't um, know what that means... Don't Google it. I think your Thanks, life is perhaps um, better <laughs> untainted by this um, <laughs> phenomenon, trend. Oh, yeah. Okay, anyway, so... Oh, that was... We've got to leave this topic <laughs> behind. Anyway, uh, some of my kits at display for the, at the stand that we were at. Uh, that was quite fun. And then um, some new toys slipped into my uh, possession. And I'm going to quickly run through them, like, super quickly. So I found this really fancy little um, Toyota Skyline. This is very small. It's like a little bit smaller than Hot Wheels, but it's more accurately scaled. So that was very cool. And at Comic-Con, a fellow artist, he makes these great designer figures. I may have shown some of his stuff on earlier episodes before. His name's Colin. And he did these great little minifigures that I absolutely loved. And I had to grab all three of the minifigures. And I bought the big hero character, which is this... Also, like, quite cheap as well. They're all, like, vinyl resin... Or not vinyl, but they're, like, resin castings. But they use, like, a soft uh, soft pliable resin. And they've got some articulation built in, which is fun. But I just love the sort of kaiju slash super robot, you know, kind of vibe to them. Bought art from a local artist. Um, because, you know, I had to get something that was Dune-inspired. And I really love that piece. So I bought it from Estelle. Um, Rob, you may know the artist, Estelle uh, Dremeler. Um... Yeah, so anyway, did that, and then uh, Shira rocked up in my life from He-Man Revelations, from the Masterverse. Well, not He-Man Revelations per se, but the Masterverse. Really cool figure, really too much teeth, but anyway. And um, I've been debating whether I should show this off or not, but I'm gonna. Uh, this guy snuck into my collection. Oh, wow. Uh, quite recently. Yeah. Who is it? Cool. It's Spirit! <laughs> Oh, classified spirit. Classified spirit came inside your collection. Nice. Mm, all over it. Um, this is also like Celia's favorite toy right now in no, my GI right. collection. She loves That's this toy. Fantastic. She thinks it's the she best. She has good taste. She kept on playing with the eagle with, the, with freedom. <laughs> She's like, this is so cool. Guys, I don't want to harp on about this too much. I want to save this. I have been taking lots of photos of, you can, I'm sure you can see Storm Shadow in the background um, for, the, for the viewers. Uh, yeah, I've been having a lot of fun with these guys, been taking lots of footage, just haven't had any time to do anything with it because load shedding has been an absolute dog. And guys, that has been me for the last two weeks. Uh, Comic-Con, no electricity, taking uh, photos with my fancy lights in the dark because the lights are battery powered. Ooh. <laughs> How have you guys been? <laughs> <laughs> just just uh, motoring on, motoring on as we're, um, me and Steven kept the fort going. Uh, I see you did comment a couple of times. 
on how awesome the last episode was and how much you agree so 1989 really is the best year. Um, I re- I'm really appreciate Ooh, Rob that. scoops in with his loving scoopful already. My goodness. <laughs> Boo reached into the post box of the pit and pulled out some doozies from Paul. Mm-hmm. Paul actually loves 89 now. He's he's 88. Don't even remember that. Either. No, I love 88, man. I also yeah. love 89. Yeah, you do. I'm obviously the same way I love 88. 89. <laughs> Tis the season even where two you convention. Yeah, oh, you You'd think I would be in Singapore, right? Uh, it's the Singapore I Grand would. Prix this weekend. Everyone Ooh, is there. Around. The city is absolutely pumping. But I've traveled one and a half hours by plane to another country, that country being Indonesia, where Ooh. the majority of Kim's family live. I'm in Jakarta in this massive, like, four-story building that Kim's grandmother owns. Wow. Um, Last week, I was in an apartment with 10 people. This week, I'm in an apartment with over 20 family members. It's, it's vibrant, to say the least. Um, so much so that I have moved my recording setup twice because of, um, shall we just say, a little bit of noise pollution. Someone decided <laughs> it was a great, great time of day, it being after 9 p.m., to start up a cake mixer for the next 45 minutes. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> this weekend was the Indonesian comic convention, their biggest of the calendar year. And it was here in Jakarta, the capital city, and only 25 minutes by <laughs> motorcycle. Guys, you know, you can get an Uber car. Well, in, in Indonesia, Uber was quickly um, subsumed by the competition called Grab. Now, Grab... <laughs> um, <clears throat> They operate cars, they operate luxury cars, they operate vans, but they also, because of the, just because of the, the makeup of the city, they op- or operate a fleet of scooters as well. Nice. So, so you just grab hold of one as it goes past. You, you hop on one of these things, the guy issues you a helmet, which like, <laughs> he actually you're a sharing helmet. a helmet with like a million other Everybody. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if I've got head lice or something. Hopefully not. Mange. Um, who knows? You get one um, of the family members to check you. But I hoved off to this epic, epic event. Uh, <laughs> and let me just say that it was the first time I'd ever been to a convention where I think cosplayers outnumbered us normies, us normal, sweaty, printed t-shirt wearing, beardy fanboys. George, Only George, like, George, 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 for a change because I bloody can't stand the mask. Uh, it's the first... Can you believe it? It's the first time in the pandemic where I've had to wear a mask and oh, wow. it does not agree with my beard. It's so, very irritating. I agree. Mm, so yeah, shaved my face. So no Wolverine cosplayers creeping out. But, <laughs> and this is going to make me die happy. Some guy comes up to me and says, Andrew Garfield? I'm like, <laughs> no, no. pulled the mask down. Sorry to disappoint, man. But uh, he's a good looking chap. Thanks for the compliment. Um, are you trying to make that sale? Because he, he was manning a Joy Toy uh, stall. Uh, amazing <laughs> toys. Jeepers. So good. Yeah. Um, and uh, maybe I just said to him, listen, pal, uh, I, I'm, I'm no Andrew Garfield, but uh, thanks a bunch. Um, he's like, no, Andrew Garfield is insisted on taking a picture with me. <laughs> Wasn't that sweet? Yeah, man. Um, as I say, I can die happy. Um but does kind of play into the stereotype that all white people look the same. Just saying. 
<laughs> anyway, Joy Toy was awesome. Like the, the the stall itself had some cool dios with the stuff all wow. kind of splayed out, all the figures, the mecha, various bits and bobs and gadgets, and the um so much, the yeah. sets that you can build, the modular stuff, which I'm not really showing on screen right now, but uh, I finally got to see that stuff up close. It's awesome, but it does make me feel like. Yeah, if I just, I don't know, had a, a material to work with, I could make this stuff. Oh, for um, sure. But, you know, that's what every fanboy says <laughs> until well, you realize how, how bloody hard well, it is to do. I got the material. Well, well has your get material. to work, Paul. He just doesn't have I will... time. No, 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 no. It's, uh, I just need an idea <laughs> actually well, give the material um, to steven like he's ready to build yeah because uh <laughs> and that's the cool thing i got the material quite cl from quite close to cape town actually Whoa. so I, yeah i did make one modest purchase no joy toy but i finally have a pierce brosnan action figure Ooh. i mean double uh, no, miracle I man bought dr. Dr. dr fate from the black adam toy line the three and three quarter inch or four inch line can you can um, you see his face no, no. <laughs> you, know, you know it's Pierce Brosnan under the mask, but no, it's just the. <laughs> maybe they didn't have his uh, likeness rights. I mean, clearly The Rock has absolutely no problem giving his rights out to every single toy company that comes. Hey, I'm sure he hands it out all the he's, time. Yeah. He's the he one guy represented in in GI Joe in the <laughs> Call, thanks to the Rampage toy line. Uh, now yeah. he's a DC character. Um, I mean, he just needs to add, I think, Star Wars and Marvel to his belt. And uh, he's got Ming-Na Wen uh, beat. Anyway, um, Dr. Fate, cool figure. Looks like he might be the chase figure in the whole assortment. Obviously, they have millions of Black Adams and mm. a fair helping of Hawkmans and uh, is it Atom Smasher? Adams, yeah, Atom Smasher. That sounds right. And then there's a female character who's also kind of in short supply. But this was the only Dr. Fate that they had. Whoa. So I think it's a case of like rarity pushing a figure or pushing, pushing me to push the buy button. I don't think I actually needed this figure. But he's unique <laughs> enough to, to kind of, I don't know, I'll, I'll find some use for him. But the Frank. fact that it was the only one and was not in the sort of the, the shelving, but it was like actually under the kind of glass case that the cash desk was at, kind of Whoa. made me think, uh... Let me take him home as my keepsake from this epic Let me event. just steal this from it's all the other, fine, you know, all the Indonesians. Let me just Apparently, take they, there's a big rave at the end of the day. Ooh. I mean, that's that's why my young cousin of 19 years is still there. What fun, guys. The, the possibility of pulling one of those very young and very bursting out of their corset cosplay girls uh, is, a, is a likelihood for him. Good luck. Well, Michael. good luck to him. Uh, hopefully, Happy we'll hunting. find him the next episode if he if he if he got some. If he got lucky. Nice. <laughs> Never kiss and tell. Dude. But yeah, I mean, just <laughs> epic, epic cosplays. Paul, you set up a Gundam stall. I saw actual Gundam cosplays, man. Or oh. amazing, hey? Some of them are really great. Around. Jeez, the way they fabricate the parts. Common Rider dudes who look like they were pulled from the screen. I mean, I've already aforesaid. Here's something bizarre, guys. A professional cosplayer who's manning a stall and she's got like this little card that if you give her, she will have one of her like handlers um, give you a copy of her, her not safe for work 
catalog. Oh. Oh yes. That you can make purchases from. Well, here's the awkward part. Her handlers all looked like her parents. So you're 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 asking a That's woman's awkward. parents for her nude <laughs> catalog. And I mean, they don't care because they all have matching Ferraris. <laughs> I don't know about that, pal. I mean, Dude, only fans, hard my God. Oh, here's a weird thing that I wanted to also flag. Are you guys... A, uh, oh, man, I've forgotten the term. It's something with a V. Um, are you what does it Vida? describe? Okay, so it's, it's basically you have a, an interactive avatar that I suppose reads your facial expressions. Oh. You aren't appearing on the screen. Your avatar is... And you've basically created this anime persona. Yes, I know this, man. Shit. Um, it's a virtual, I, virtual cosplay. Well, no, yeah, it's, I saw it's a real person. It's like having a, a chat show or chat girl, hmm. a webcam girl, but the, the webcam is not a cam. It's more like a... Anyways, the, these, these things Jessica exist now. Agree. And yeah. you could have little one-on-ones in a booth with these famous personalities who are probably chatting to you from half a world away. Anyway. Oh, that's why. What, so, what a strange time we live in. I think they're YouTubers. Yeah, that's the thing. Yes, Thank you. That's the YouTube. Yeah. Mm. Because I was watching Jessica Negri's uh, one video where she's cosplaying as a famous VTuber. Yeah, I know. Uh, there we go. Yes. Just I pay so much attention. I said that real quick. I, d- I didn't really know. I was just thinking. Uh, I, anyways, guys, no, I as I walked yeah. past this weird thing, which looked like, you know, looked it's like, like a, a teleprompter. It was like, yeah, it was a, a see-through TV screen where a projection of an anime girl who was reacting in real time was staring at me and, and like, was calling me over. And I was like, I don't know how to react to you, strange are you, are you hologram person. <laughs> I mean, Michael, my cousin, kept prodding me. He's like, yeah, she wants to talk to you. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk to her. This is scary. Come over here. I mean, Hi, Andrew. Come talk to me, Andrew. I just <laughs> can't take the leap of faith, man. I like to look a person in the eye, a real person. Anyway, we're digressing the, quite far. Aren't virtual you? eyes. But as Hans Charles says in the comments, this, this is some Blade Runner stuff. <laughs> oh, look, yeah. I can appreciate just how beautiful a cartoon can look, but not when it's one-on-one. I'm 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 still uh, old school, guys. Okay, you're still old school. You 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 like your girls 3D. And there was plenty of 3D everything floating yeah. on the plate. <laughs> okay. sure. In order to get the, fir- the the most enjoyment out of this, I mean, Paul, Paul, maybe it's not quite as fervent in South Africa just yet. I mean, the, but the cos you can't you can't deny that the cosplay thing is on the rise. And I think in mm. order to oh, to dude. really enjoy your time at Comic Cons. You have to jump in and swim. You have to dream up an outfit and do it. Uh, oh, I, yeah. I know Chris Miwa would, would absolutely support that assertion. I'm sure he has an absolute blast. And it's, it's addictive. Once you've got a cool costume in your repertoire or, or a handful of them, you're all of a sudden looking up every opportunity to wear it. And yeah. I would totally be that guy. I think I'm finally, I guess, the age appropriate enough to be a Wolverine. I can certainly do the mutton chops. I might oh, not he's going to become the, popular the, the, the again soon. He's going to become no, relevant know, again. Just don't go with Harley Quinn or the Joker. And you're good. Did you, guys, did you guys do backflips when that Ryan Reynolds reveal? Oh, that was happened? amazing. Yeah, I was excited. <laughs> to anyone I... uh, who not, 
who's not in the loop, and this isn't a spoiler because it is absolutely the biggest news on the planet. Uh, Ryan Reynolds released on his own channel a video of himself complaining about how he hasn't had any inspiration uh, with the script on Deadpool 3, <laughs> except this one idea he had kicking around. And at that point, a what I thought was a body double for, for um, Hugh. Hugh? What's his name? God, yeah, Hugh, Hugh Jack- Blanking. Jackman. The Wolverine um, walks past, but it turns out it wasn't a body double. It was actually him because they showed them in a second video, follow up video, like on the couch together. Anyways, turns out not only will Wolverine be in Deadpool three, he was reprising his role, but Deadpool three is de facto the entry of Deadpool into the greater MCU. So Mm. that means if you can just join the dots that this is the Wolverine's entry point into the MCU. And by virtue mm. of that, the whole X universe. It is yep. all of a sudden the most fascinating bit of news. This Marvel uh, phase that we're in, if you want to call it that, I hate that parlance because it's this phase has been lame. Let's just put it out there. Hey, it's phase it's four. a sad, <laughs> sad follow-up to what is the most exciting cinematic moment in any comic book nerd's life. Um, yeah, when they so, yeah, killed Black Widow. Is... Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. So I'm, I'm genuinely excited, guys. It, it really, it, it brought a happy tear to my eyes. Oh. Yeah, for me it was Thursday. Um, I wow. know, right? It's just because, yeah. But like, I think it's gonna be cool. Listen, I, I enjoy Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. I like Deadpool, and I love Wolverine. So. Yeah, they're, they're, they're good friends in real life, him and Hugh Jackman as well. Like, they've worked together on, on, on a bunch of stuff. I mean, I think also Ryan Reynolds runs a... I think it's either a mobile phone company or a... Oh, Mint. <laughs> Mint, yeah. So he's yeah. actually had him do adverts with him on that. So they're actually very close friends, I believe. Ryan Reynolds and uh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah. So, yeah, being able to get him back, that'd be, it's amazing. Uh, I know my colleague's mother apparently was exceptionally happy about it too. <laughs> Also, um, Stephen, I didn't know you liked uh, Dr. Fate. Mm, well, I think it's a striking look and it's certainly unique in my superhero tackle box. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, because, yeah, Dr. Fate's rad. No, Dr. Fate's cool amazing. I'm always I stand to learn a lot more about Dr. him, her, them, they, it. The Doctor. There have been several doctors. Uh, yeah. Look, I'm, I'm now thirsty for Dr. Fate uh, material. Gentlemen, <laughs> Jelly Beans. Yes. I know we have a comic topic to talk about, but since we are yes. kind of in this in the non-committal phase, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about... I mean, at the Hasbro Pulse Con event has come and gone this weekend. And oh, yes. Oh, that happened. I, I suffered through the groan-inducing reveals. Look, if classified was my <laughs> thing, I might be getting giddy, but that is beset with, with its own issues, and, and certainly, you know, it's it's nauseating to see the back and forth of the same points being rehashed about availability, and, oh, it's a Hasbro cash grab, and this and that, and the next thing. So, if you're wanting to hear controversial points of view on G.I. Joburg, I'm sorry, this ain't the podcast for you. We're going to keep it clean here and steer clear of all that shit. But we I absolutely will talk about the, the latest Hire Toys release or oh reveal my goodness. So of Storm Shadow. In his very I do want to touch on something with the classifieds. 
Sorry. No, no, no. It's all, all about high toys. Be that lonely only. Premium but, um, toys. Any Christine. opinions on this exquisite action figure? I am so indifferent, and I don't know why. I think, why? I think it's a very, it's a different take on the character. Um, yeah. It's, a very, it's their version. I think it's, I, it's quite striking. I don't love this design so much from the back of the classified boxes. From How when dare they showed you? it. Yeah, I just feel it's a little too hardcore. What? Especially it's, after it's the most recent classified release being so awesome. He's like, he's like, he's got the cool metal gauntlets. He's got these cool like metal shin guards. He's got a bit of like metal on his face. He feels very metal to me and very Mortal Kombat hey, somehow. Need I remind you that one of your favorite Storm Shadows came in that latter period. I think mm. it was a retaliation Storm Shadow. Yeah, you like yeah. the kind of teched out, yeah. the characters look, and this yeah. kind of falls into that same category. I think you've you've backpedaled to that comfortable, mm. nostalgic, you know, original. He's, he's definitely look. definitely gone ultra vintage. Um, I'm worried before. that yeah, no, you're right, you're right. It's it's interesting to me that just as Hasbro fully embrace the OG designs. You know, and issue any kind of striving towards updating the classics. Higher Toys comes out and and walks that path. Mm. Actually, you know, commits That's to funny. not just giving us re reinterpretations of old designs, but like fresh designs altogether. And look at this teensy, teensy, wincy little Cobra symbol. What I do like about <laughs> it, though, is, is actually it's on, you with again? Raised, it's on a raised piece of plastic. So it's, it stands out from the figure like it's not just paint on fabric, but it's actually mm. like, a, like a button, like a, I don't know, a, a costume, <laughs> like a wardrobe element, a part of his costuming, not just a, an action figure paint app. People in the it's comments a, definitely disagree with you, Stephen. They're very much on Paul's side. They're like... They think the boss looks funny. He looks like a Power Ranger. It's dwarfing time! I do think I guess I'll go! <laughs> Lightning and such. <laughs> well, I'm being called but out I'm directly on your side, by Steve. Mr. Sweeney in the really chats, nice. who says that, uh, oh, Steve, I think you will be happy when they announce the next Joe O-Ring releases. Now, do you have inside information, Mr. Sweeney? Or are you just speculating that I'll Zartan be on board? Because I I have soured on all of the O-ring releases thus far, without mean? actually even having them in hand. So maybe I don't have a leg to stand on at all. Heinz definitely gave us a lot of um, stuff to think about in some of those retro figures. Mm, well, I mean, any, anyone who's hit us back with uh, inside information on the the new O-rings be it Mauler Joe or my buddy Sam, the legal eagle, uh, and his difficulties with the Cobra officer's knocked knees. Uh, look, I, I think it is now safe to say that it is impossible for Hasbro to remember their own secret recipe. They've, mm. they've lost the recipe for original Coke, and now they have to give us these imitation O-rings, which are nowhere near the same in feel and in in anything it's certainly well, not in the way have someone on our side steven gaz says he likes it the, the storm guys, looks a bit vintage with a bit fresh new tech 
I like that. But hold on, like, because we digress, we have digressed a little bit. Paul Let's come Steve back to that higher versus... choice quickly. Ah, figure, yeah. Sorry, you have to about the O-rings just not being the same. Oh, sorry, I couldn't be less excited about the bloody Has Lab Sky Striker at this point. It's no wonder they give us absolutely no news or updates <laughs> on it because they've got our money and they don't care anymore. And I, I care. They're busy making it. They're busy making it, Stephen. No, it's give made. Them it's time. done. Give them an opportunity. Third quarter, 2023. <laughs> or annoyingly, like my spirit in Storm Shadow. Higher toys. Talk, talk to us <laughs> about higher toys. Yeah. Get higher. So, guys, I will say that I think the Storm, the Snake Eyes is an improvement. And I like it. I mean, I said as much when we were discussing the Snake Eyes uh, when we showed it off on, the, on like two, three episodes ago. <laughs> um, but I feel like somehow with the Storm Shadow, it stepped back a little bit. Like, I think it, I, I, I have a feeling that in hand it's going to be a fun toy to play with. I also like that they're cheap enough for me to buy one just to experiment with anyway. And I am going to get one because there's one tasty little detail on that Storm Shadow that I think everybody should uh, take note of. Is oh the bow seems to have an actual little string. Now, I'm not expecting the string to wind through. Um, and it could just be a plastic line, whatever's. But that's one thing that, uh, that I is... I think it's knotted. Of... You're absolutely right. It's, I think it might be an elastic cord. So that it's makes me happy because... Because the classified storm shadow has the real estate and hasbro should have done that because they did give us a cool harrow uh harrow <laughs> they did give us a cool <laughs> arrow holding hand for storm shadow it just Harrow looks holding. incredibly dumb when you've got the bow that's undrawn and you got storm shadow holding that and you want to put him in a cool i'm drawing my arrow to you know deliver some death to somebody pose so this figure definitely has that um over the classified uh, Joe, and I'm also secretly hoping I can remove those those ninja stars from the um, can't think of the name of it now. The uh, band, the sash, the that thing that you guys both oh. said at the same time. Um, <laughs> if I can remove that, that would be great. And I wouldn't hold I my think... breath, man. It's I mean we we are often mm. very fooled by how close up these photographs are. Mm. They cheat the eye. They make us feel oh. like this is a much bigger figure than it will ultimately be. It's still four inches. It's small. It's back it's to the tiny. So yeah, well, I think the shuriken would, would. Will it see? Absolutely. I'm um, indifferent, but I'm not cheap. like against it. Yeah. So. And the, but the yeah. cool thing about higher is that they produce so many cool figures. We've said before, you know, into mm. other lines. Um, and yeah, as Matthew says, their Judge Dread figures look absolutely fantastic. Legit. <sighs> And, uh, and also, apparently, I, Ryan does have info, inside info about the O-rings. So we have to wait. Also, guys, I just want to say thank you to Surveillance Port. I don't know if you listen to our episodes uh, as much. Um, I know that you d definitely like share news from G.I. Joe book from time to time. But thank you to Surveillance Port because uh, it's due to that channel on Insta. Or it's due to Surveillance Port on Instagram that I actually saw all of the reveals. Oh, same the... actually. Yeah, I saw tons yeah. of the, the the kind of like pixel like um, information that they gathered together for this. I found it very interesting. I mean, talk quickly about the classifieds. They've decided to rename Slaughter's Marauders to the Mad Marauders. Mm hmm. Mm. I found that interesting. I wonder why that choice was made. Oh, it's 
So I'm Adam sorry. Riches puts forward perhaps my most compelling thought uh, in a post on the Sergeant Slaughter Slaughterhouse Group, because a lot of people are saying, oh, it's because, you know, it's it's tied to a human being who's, you know, Sergeant Slaughter's buyout only or his contract will only kind of last however long it lasts. And then Hasbro is going to have this name fall into abeyance. Mm. But, but they've used Slaughter's before. Even when Sarge was not signed to G.I. Joe, who had any affili- affiliation with Hasbro. Yeah. Both in 2011, they did a, a Slaughter's Marauders, and in 2018. Adam goes on to say that it's probably got a lot more to do with the optics of the word slaughter being on a toy packaging. Oh, in this time, but yeah. That's why Slaughter's Marauders Barbecue is now Mad Marauders Barbecue. Mad Marauders. I buy He's that. He's so angry. He dresses in blue. <laughs> just as a an, an, <laughs> kind of a, an abstract, do you guys like the name Mad Marauders? Or do you think it's lame? It's lame. <laughs> <laughs> it's so lame. I, well, it's because we know them as Slaughter's Marauders. I think, like, suddenly you look to see them, like, but that just sounds cooler anyway. Like, you're just angry, angry guys. You're angry men. M and M's. Angry little men. M and M's. You're the M and M's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind it. I mean, like, I'm sure there's a reason why, but like, it's it is weird though. You see Mad Marauders, and we mind at least as a as an OG, you know, like a, a real American hero collector, you'd be like Slaughter's Marauders. That's that's what you're trying to say, right? Well, yeah, but it will only names. really bother the people who don't like it and like to keep their figures in box. Then mm. having they, they would then have that that badge displayed. I mean, the original badge was, I mean, it looked like a cop's badge, but it was cooler. It was graphically, it was a better design than this. I think we can all agree. But oh yeah, so, you know, makes as I say, a good, it'll... a good point regarding the the change in the name in the comments. He says it's hypocritical to change the name when they're bringing Sergeant Slaughter back. Ah, so, the name will probably last longer than the association of Sarge with the brand. Or at least that's that's Hasbro being conservative about it. I suppose like, they want to bring this, out other We might be variant. married to this name for the next 10 years, but our contract with Sarge only lasts three figures. Anyways, we'll see. I'm not we'll see terribly I think the most interesting it. thing to me, actually, from this entire thing, was that the Mad Marauders, but then also because they were showing off the plasticless... Um, packaging, mm-hmm. which to me, I mean, okay, mm. I, I know there's lots of plastic packaging out there. You know, it's usually cardboard boxes. They have pictures of the figures on it, but it just looks wrong when you when you make the packaging look like it's a card back with the plastic sleeve, inverted commas, <laughs> where the figure will be. But now it's it's cardboard. It looks stupid. Just make it a box. <laughs> it looks yeah, so but- stupid to me. I can't I can't actually get over how ridiculous <laughs> it looks to have that little like there's a little side box there. It's like just make the entire thing a box. Make it a box. Don't make it look like it kind of looks like you know a, a plastic figure on a card because it's not. Yeah, just make it a box. Yeah. But it's like, so hang on, been, just explain explain yourself a little yeah. bit. Like, are they still? Making so the that structure it, it, of the box the same. So it with that it sort of looks like flat. a card. It looks like a carded figure. But where, where the plastic bit it would normally be is now a mini box on the card. No, but the, the classified figures are not carded. They're boxed. E- even when they were in windows, windowed boxes, they were still in boxes. What was? But now they're just taking the window maybe out. Maybe I was. Maybe I saw something else. But 
it it just I don't know. It looked weird to me. Hmm. Well, if you can find a pick, I'd be curious to to yeah, pass the one, over it. Because what I saw in surveillance port was fully enclosed boxes with the full artwork on the front. You know, the, mm-hmm. the full character artwork, which yeah. which I think is very cool and very brave of Hasbro to do because, well, it's not that brave, but like everything else they've done up to that point has been like a photograph of the figure on the box, which I thought looked really shit. And I'm looking at the Marvel stuff when I say that. Um, so at least the, the G.I. Joe stuff has this kind of class in terms of its artwork on the box. It's just... Um, it's just very strange when you turn the box around and then you see the picture of the figure with all the included accessories. Actually, I'm just ogling a a Spider-Man figure and I'm pretty sure that they weren't showing photography. They were showing digital renders on the box back. Yes. Yeah, it looks shit. Yeah, I said photo, but yeah, actually I meant like shit render because the pose also looks like dumb. (laughs) It looks very stiff and janky. I don't know. Yeah, uh, no, you guys are right. I think I just, I just thought of it as a box as a card back because it has like the box and then has a little bit of the top that allows you to hang the toys like i was wrong i think i was just imagining what an actual you know like o-ring figure would look like on on a stupid little card like this Mm. should we talk about comics boys yeah let's jump into the comics definitely talked about a lot of toys because we're going to talk about these classified (laughs) toys uh, for a we while, we can talk about anyway. them forever, really. I mean, yeah. like how I know we're going to talk about them in the future. Falcon <laughs> comes with a shotgun for some reason, you know. That's didn't uh, he always come with a shotgun, Rob? It, uh, yeah, okay, but like it's it just bothers me that he comes with a shotgun and Flynn comes with a shotgun. Like, why does everyone come with a shotgun? This entire line has like I everyone. Think Falcon's has a face looks a bit funny. Cavagol has a Falcon's anyway. face looks interesting because I think it's yeah. different. That's a nice um, use. <laughs> <coughs> but anyway, anyway, let's, let's let's get so comic books. What are we? What are you trying to say here? What's 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 going on? I think we all owe Larry a huge debt of gratitude, and we've said as much in this show before, plenty times. But it's time mm-hmm. to reiterate. Uh, however, given the the gift of hindsight. Maybe there's certain things that we would have liked to see handled differently in this run. And that's why we've got the rather thrilling title for this episode called Rewriting the Hammerverse. I mean, this is a sacrilegious Ooh. notion, surely. Right? Right? <gasps> Gentlemen, Gosp. if Lightning, we were to thunder, do it over again, how would we envision the debut mission of the G.I. Joe team? I'm going to kick it over to our resident comic books guy, Rob. Oh. Hit us, baby. So my, my idea is basically just based off, I mean, imagine like how he kind of saw it. Like he was given the character concepts from 1982. He sees all these different designs. I mean, I can't, I can't remember if he was given the names of the characters or not. Um, or if he came up with the names as well. <clears throat> as the legend I can... goes, he was mm. given the specialties like Laser ah. Trooper, Ranger, Counter oh, then he, he came up with gave them the names. Mm. Interesting. Okay, well, I'm going to... It's kind of like a mix of that. But at least based of looks, my version would have been, I suppose, it's not terribly different, but kind of slightly different. So obviously, this is a military unit. I mean, all of the, the vehicles that came out in 1982 definitely make it obvious that these guys are a unit and they're a team. But which guys? Um, so I would have envisioned... Stalker as being the leader because he has 
he to me at least has the most unique looking outfit of of the kind of like green shirt guys so i would have i would have met stalker is actually the leader of gi joe i'm with you there dude yeah i think he just looks different he looks more he looks more in charge i think i mean like all the other guys are so similar so the same yes Flash looks different, but it looks like he's wearing, you know, pads. So you can't put a, a dude in charge. He has to wear, like, protection to go out on the battlefield. That's a bit weird. Totally unnecessary. So my biggest change would be Stalker would be the leader of the G.I. Joes. And the bad guys, so there would actually be more bad guys in this original lineup than there were originally. So we have the Cobra Officer and the Cobra Cobra, or whatever they would might have been called. But we also have the leader and his second in command in this original lineup. And for me, that would have been Snake Eyes and Scarlet were the bad guys with their, and because I absolutely love ninjas, they would have been ninjas. And they would have blue ninja officers, you know, because he kind of uses guns, but also he does use swords, at least, you know, eventually. I would I would imagine him rather being yeah like the leader of a an, a clan of ninjas, maybe not Rishikage. I mean I, I would have made them more like insane world you know they're trying to like grab world leadership stuff, but the hand yeah so that he's like black mask or the hand or something, and his his second command is Scarlet who, um or I don't know, I didn't come up with a name but I was like like she loves the r- r- color red and she bathes in the blood of her enemies so she's like this really insane crazy lady. And they have these fanatical followers, the the blue shirts. Are you still thinking about Red Sonia? <laughs> I probably am, actually. <laughs> or Elizabeth Battery, one of the two. It's, it's only been a week. It's only been a week. Um, so, so the GI Joes are battling these fanatical um, people who want to see the world burn, and who want to, if you're not with us, you're against us, and if you don't believe in our weird way of life, um, yeah, then you kind of like you have to be destroyed. And that was like my big concept was it's still G.I. Joe. I mean, the team led by, by Stalker, but they're facing off against this maniacal black mask man and his 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 um, insane girlfriend. And they're, they're blue ninja people. And then coming like up it. in 83... Instead of, instead of yeah. the, uh, you know, the, the enormous contradiction that the bad guy wears black and the good guy wears... No, the bad guy wears white and the good guy white. wears black... In your no, version, here it's like it's no, full of, the bad guy wears I've, black. I've gone, yeah, I've gone back to the way that you know, at least you people necessarily conceive of it. And then I would imagine he would kind of see what's coming up in '83, and I probably would have cast Destro as the good guy, as like Stalker is the leader of the GI Joes, but then they have this outsider, this guy, come in. He's very, he's very technologically advanced, and he's going to fight against these ninjas using technology. And that's what Destro would have been. He would have been the hero of the G.I. Joes. So that, that's my, my overall basic concept. So the first adventure would be G.I. Joe going out there. And you get to see the evil machinations of Snake Eyes and Scarlet as they kind of like carve up a country. And these Joes are coming in and, and discovering these grotesqueries. And, um, and they have to kind of route them to get them, you know, they have to obviously like fight them and get them out of this country. And there would have been the first mission of them, you know, coming coming up against this insanity, essentially. Hmm. You can go crazy with it as well. I mean, you can introduce sci-fi and other comic book aspects a lot faster and a lot sooner as well. So it'll be less realistic. It'll be more, um, yeah, just Iron Man, like Hans Strauss is. You know, he has his, his own tech. Um, 
and yeah, he battles the the supernatural with technology. So I, I would imagine it being more supernatural, um, more 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 comic booky than maybe GI Joe was presented. We love the reality. Hmm. Rob, we love the out. reality of GI Joe. So let's do wow. Yeah. The only issue I take with this approach, Rob, is mm. it kind of for this shattered glass Elseworlds story to be told, it needs to stand on the shoulders of of the existing Hammerverse. You know, Snake Eyes and Scarlet being the villains and Destro actually being of the virtuous savior of savior of, of, of humanity uh, or the world um, kind of needs to coexist with the, the baseline reality of of Larry's work. Well, not necessarily. I mean, I think looking at it, you can see that this is a team of of soldiers. Like they are a team of soldiers, and they're going to battle someone else. I think the basic concept of good versus evil. I mean, is something you can't really wipe out. At least in in my my imagining of Judge. Um, you can't I really just think that the heel turn, in order for the heel turn to have weight, it needs to be like, no, I don't oh, think it see, would be a Snake Eyes and Scarlet being villains is... No, but you just start from oh. the start. That's who they were all the time. There's no, you don't, they don't like in the middle of the story, like, oh, I'm actually the bad guy. And he like stabs, I don't know, General, I mean, he stabs Hawk and, and you know, pulls out his entrails or something. I don't think you need to have <laughs> the original version of G.I. Joe to understand this version. Hmm. I just think based of looks, I was like, I was looking at the figures and I was like, what actually just stands out to me? And I thought these two looked the most different from the other figures. The same, like Stalker looks like he is a hero character. He should be the leader of Jai Joe. And then looking slightly forward, I was like, who stands out the most in the second round of the figures? Destro. He look, he could be a hero, a hero figure too. I don't, I don't think, I mean, I think maybe He's because so we're so shiny. in Jai Joe. Exactly. I think that's cool. Why wouldn't the hero figure be the guy with the cool shiny head? I don't know. So, <laughs> no, I, I don't I think it necessarily. You don't require the, the concept of the original GI Joe to understand um, this version. I think it, it it does stand on its own two feet. You don't need to go like, oh, Snake Eyes. Oh, wow, he was he could have been a good guy. No, you would you'd always have thought of him as a bad guy because that's the story that would have been presented in those original comic books. Mm-hmm. That's just me. I I want to go next just because. Oh my goodness! I'm, I I know that Stevens probably cooked up something really amazing. Ooh, I'm Stevens. worried that. Yeah. I'm worried that mine is go going off to. Steven. Yeah, yeah, and that's going to yeah. be some back to Cow towing Paul. I don't, <laughs> don't set me up for such a, such a far fall, my boy. <laughs> Um, sorry, man. It's just that I know like how you eat, sleep, and breathe, GI Joe, and I know where you're coming from with this. So, and Rob, wow, I did not expect what you were gonna throw out at all. So go you for Hell subverting yes. expectations, because you kind of got me like thinking of how I would redraw these characters, and maybe in a, when I have some like off time during the the week, I'm gonna totally do that. Maybe Hell do yeah. like a Destro leader of the. Um, you know, fighting for freedom over land, sea, and air, iron head. Hell um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so mine is a little inspired by... Okay, firstly, and I think this should go on record, I'm not a big fan of the first issue of G.I. Joe. Um, in fact, the first couple of issues of G.I. Joe, uh, when I got the graphic novels a long time ago, I felt I had to push myself through them um, p- uh, because I knew what was ahead of them. So I don't... You know, I, 
I don't have that same connection with the first few issues of G.I. Joe that maybe a lot of G.I. Joe fans have because I fell into G.I. Joe when there's already ninjas and explosions and all kinds of mad stuff. So anyway, so that's just where I'm coming from. Secondly, um, this is going to be very influenced by firstly, modern day TV series, the way that modern day TV series work. And also this little book I read recently called uh, The Last Ronin, the, the Ninja Turtles graphic novel, which I also actually picked up at Comic-Con and was very happy with. So I kind of like the idea of if you're going to, uh, it, I, I've been wrestling with it. So the one is either we just drop ourselves in the action. We don't have an origin story for G.I. Joe and or Cobra or whatever. And we just go forward and we, you know, and then we start filling those little blanks in as we go forward with the team and blah, blah, blah. That, you know, that could be fun. Uh, I feel like that's just more of a modern take as opposed to starting off with the origin story and then trying to tell stories. But giving it more thought, what I felt could be more compelling is I like the idea of seeing a lot of this from Cobra Commander's perspective. Um, so writing a story where we see, and, and I would change Cobra Commander from just being like a nobody to being somebody who was actually just that, a somebody who then becomes a nobody and wants to make sure that the same thing that happens to him doesn't happen to other people. Uh, but in doing so, the tools that he uses become very aggressive and very like manipulative and and then therefore kind of starts something as uncontrollable as Cobra, uh, as the Cobra organization and then realizes, well, he's the captain of it now. He has to steer it. So I like the idea of like, let's make Cobra Commander some kind of war hero, becomes a war vet, comes back, he's completely shattered. That's pretty much sort of in line with uh, what Harm has already done. And then we follow his story. So it's kind of like a little bit of a Breaking Bad kind of thing where we have him, we're cheering for him as readers because we like, wow, you know, he's, he's successfully doing this. He's sticking it to the man. Go him. He's awesome and blah, blah, blah. And then on the parallel, tell the story of, and actually, Robin, you and I are on the same page here. I like Stalker being the leader of G.I. Joe. And tell the parallel story of, well, here's a soldier, here's a team of specialists that have also seen the ugly side of things, but they're still trying to fight in their sort of system to try and make the world better. And so we have this parallel between the two um, until eventually they meet head to head. So you're kind of reading it from Cobra Commander's perspective of, oh crap, I really hope he doesn't run into G.I. Joe because they're going to kick his ass. And then you're reading it Does from the G.I. Joe perspective. Does this fit your world? Suggestion by Hans in the chats. That Cobra Commander is Duke, a disenfranchised soldier who was once loyal to the flag, but having been betrayed, has decided to up and end the tea table in fate. Upend the tea table. Apologies, Hans. You got that right. I got that wrong. Upend the tea table in favor of a new order, one that will be just. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much I it. Think yeah. Um, Ed Harris's hmm. character in The Rock, who. Yes, is noble yep. in the sense cool because it was his soldiers who were betrayed, but mm. his means have kind of gone off the rails, and he must be stopped. So there's yeah, sympathy he, for the devil mm. at every turn. Yeah, I, I want that because then also, and then there's another TV series that I've recently watched that's very heavily inspired this line of thinking. Um, or when I say watch, Celia's been watching it. I've just been hearing it on the background, and when I go and have a smoke in the lounge and catch up with her in between work breaks. Um, I've been checking out the Jeffrey Dahmer series, uh, and the way 
that they framed Jeffrey Dahmer in the series. And obviously, I'm not going to spoil it for you guys, but, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer was a serial killer, a multiple murderer, however you want to look at it. Um, he's a, he did bad shit, you know, but he himself is so damaged and such an interesting person that as viewers and the way that they frame the whole story, you are rooting for him in a lot of ways. There's, or you have this real sympathy for him. You know, they managed to subvert your whole ability to, to actually recognize that this is a killer. And every now and then they remind you of that. But while you're behind them, you know, there's a part of you that's like, oh, I hope the cops don't get him. And you're like sitting there and, and then you actually stop and reason with yourself. You're kind of like, no, actually, I do hope the cops get him. He's a freaking killer. So that's kind of the feeling I want with Cobra Commander. I want this like... Well, it would always... be a very difficult thing to watch if you didn't feel some moral ambiguity for the, the title character. Because otherwise, yeah. yeah, you absolutely wouldn't ever be rooting for him. You'd never been thrown into that, that, that ethical gray area. But we've got a troll yeah. in the house, guys. We've got Mr. Sweeney. He's saying, Hans, what if it was the story of Scarlet, Lady J, Covergirl, Jinx, and Helix going to a tropical island? I hope oh, you're alive, volleyball. With, um, I suppose Mr. Chow's art style. But, but, Ryan cuts pretty close to the bone because I don't know if you guys. I don't know if you guys are current with the, the current IDW comic books, but yeah, that's pretty much what's happened. <laughs> and this Sorry. naked dude <laughs> doing battle with them with his wang out. Yeah, it's it's fabulous wow. stuff. Anyways, interesting. I'm gonna save that for the back because I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stake my claim and just say, as far as I'm concerned, issue one of GI Joe is untouchable. It is a masterclass. Ooh. It is extremely economical storytelling that establishes the good guys, the threat, the stakes, the good guys' headquarters, the bad guys' headquarters, their respective equipment pools, and 13 named good characters who each individually have opportunities to show off their personality. It might be brief, but you get a handle of the OG 13 from that book like... Who else could write a team book like that? I tell you, that is the challenge that has presented itself to every G.I. Joe scribe, and none have kind of done it with such a plum as Mr. Homer. So respect the master. I think issue one has it all, and I would take nothing away from it. So, Paul, yeah, you and I are going to be at loggerheads on that point because for me, mm. the first 10 issues of G.I. Joe are the greatest 10 issues of any comic book ever. But hey, I guess that's, that's just awesome, my man. bent, and I'll, I'll die on that hill. As and dude, I, I would have want to change your opinion on that. From Snake Eyes, Snake Eyes is best when he's a mystery. Cobra Commander is definitely best when he's a mystery. So I'm going to throw my time at the mic forward and just give a little insight to the kind of content that has become my pet peeve with the G.I. Joe title. And maybe there's a way to carve out a better path. I know it's not going to happen, but this is just the kind of hope and dream of this particular fanboy. My peeves with G.I. Joe in print. We have very, very occasional development of lower tier characters. There's never a sharing of the spotlight anymore. We saw it a bit with other writers, Chuck Dixon, 
um, I'm blanking on the names, but the fellas who did the oh yeah, the Chris, Christos Gage, and Christos Cage, yeah. Uh, well, basically GI Joe, yeah, GI Joe Cobra with Chuckles, and then the follow-up story with Scoop. Oh my goodness, Rob, have you read that five-parter yet? The five-parter? No, I haven't yet. I really should. Is it a four-parter? <sighs> anyway, the Scoop story when he's a private private eye, a disgraced former journalist, former Pulitzer Prize winner, who's now working as a private dick. Anyways, amazing and and horrifying all at once. Anyway. Um, okay. So there have been shining examples of authors who elevate these minuscule characters to superstardom in their writing, in their approach. And I think if you shared the spotlight more uh, liberally, if you weren't just focusing on the big five or the big ten, you know, the, the, the Cobra Commanders, the Snake Eyes, the Scarlets, the Dukes, the Stalkers, you know, if you got down to the brass tacks and just just take a nobody and create something. Because guess what? In this toy line and this franchise, you're always going to be picking someone's favorite. Give us a big boa story. Give him the, yeah. the, 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 the narrative for four issues. You can still progress the overarching storyline. But in those four issues, we're following Cobra's numero uno trainer dude. Okay, so that's my first pet peeve. Just like we've lost any attempt at, at sharing the limelight. Peeve number two, we seem to have like, basically this is a one-to-one -one martial arts and military book. Hmm. Maybe even leaning more heavily towards martial arts. Martial arts, I don't yeah. mind there being ninjas in G.I. Joe, but if I'm following a ninja team almost exclusively with a smattering of guys with guns just kind of holding the perimeter or acting as a backup team. I'm like, yeah, that was cool in the 90s, man, but that's just not how G.I. Joe should be approached. The team is a team. They're not a clan of ninja. They are a team of military personnel from all walks of life. Anyway, so yeah, I, I, I have had my fill of ninja whamma jamma. <laughs> I... I too, and this is this is a big one. This is number three of my pet peeves. I have grown very, very wary of the groan-inducing buffoonery that Cobra Commander is capable of in Larry's book. This isn't the comic book universe. This is G.I. Joe, a real American hero comic book. Did I say that twice? It's not the cartoon universe. This is the comic book, and we've always enjoyed a, a, a higher dose of realism and real world stakes and menace. Cobra Command has lost all credibility, my friends. In fact, he doesn't even know in current continuity that there are GI Joes infiltrating his compound. He's busy schmoozing clientele on the casino floor. And it's, it's embarrassing. I'm like, this guy should be scary. Mm -hmm. He was plenty scary. This is kind of sliding scale of menace to Cobra Commander. But I think they've gone to the point of no return in the book. And I can never take him seriously again. Sad but true. Number four. And this is a list of five, so don't worry. We're coming to the end, gents. There are wild variations in the level of abilities and the level of threat. For instance, every five or ten books or so, 
we get an enormous sort of baddie machination scene where a new threat is revealed. This is the most advanced group of battle android troop troopers slash blue ninja infiltrators oh, yeah. God. the world has ever seen. One of these one of these units will be capable of slaughtering entire droves of enemy combatants. G.I. Snake Eyes kills ten. And <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Snake Eyes in inverted commas. Um which one? God. Um yeah. but very quickly that setup has been forgotten. And all of a sudden, these are just the new cannon fodder, <laughs> you know, for the book. It's like the, the good guys haven't upgraded their tactics or skills or weapons. They're still the same old, same old. But they're able to take on this increasing threat level with no... Uh, there's no penance. There's, there's, there's no costs. Um, you know, Larry himself has said that a book without, without showing loss is morally bankrupt. But like to show an escalation of the threat levels without any real I mean, these guys don't look out of puff. I'm expecting, you know, flesh and blood, even if they're highly trained ninja, to be like, these robots just keep coming at us and we're just human mm -hmm. beings. Like we're running out of steam here. Like I don't know. That's that's another No, there's no stakes. Baffling situation we find ourselves in. Every, and number every five issue. Oh sorry. Yes, say more. Yeah. No, this is just it. I'm going to just punctuate my list by saying the brainwave scanner. Lose oh, it. God, yeah. It is, it, is, it is at the center of every plot. It's done. And it's, it's a MacGuffin that, that just has lost its charm, I'm afraid. Well, it's become a crutch. <laughs> because it's capable of anything. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And I apologize about the dog. It was going crazy. But it decided to go crazy while I was monologuing. What am I going to do? Have dead air for the next 10, 15 minutes. Anyways, the dog seems placated now, so we're happy. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize once again for this, this episode being slightly disruptive on my end, guys. My situation is in flux. It's the world tour of Elliot. But anyways, getting back to the G.I. Joe discussion, these are my, okay, I guess, um, th th this is my, my, my hill to die on when it comes to the G.I. Joe comic book. I want more focus on lower tier characters, which seemed to be what Chuck Dixon was doing with the IDW relaunch, which sadly has been surpassed now by, by the, you know, the OG Harmiverse. That gave us a fresh opportunity to reestablish Cobra as a credible threat, not a joke, and mm. give us a chance to, to delve into the roster and not to play to our favorites. Do you remember that one of those initial issues where a very capable Cobra Trooper battled Snake Eyes to a standstill? He got out of that encounter barely with his life. And then a mumba flew in and blew the whole area to hell. Like that was, that was some nail-biting stuff. That was some real stakes. You set your expectations of this threat as high as possible and you have your good guys barely escape it. No flippy dippy chippy superhero stuff. It's it's nail biting. It's tense. It's real. Anyway, the dog's back. Someone else talk. <laughs> <laughs> no man, I feel you on that because of the and thanks to Bart Simon for this, by the way. But of the 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 GI Joe issues that 
Bart has been forwarding to, to us as a team for the last, I don't know, it's been like two years now. Um, I, you know, I've, I've gone through them and I, I really, I do have trouble just getting through those issues. I, for exactly that, it's just that the, a lot of the writing and a lot of the motivation for what's going on, um, is very childish and it's charming. Don't misunderstand me. It's, it's, it's a charming read, but more often than not, it's just very childish and it's very ham fisted. And it's, it's odd because I just watched, uh, in preparation for this episode, I watched, uh, two guys on their YouTube channel and I'm sorry, I actually, I'm completely blanking on the name of their channel and they did a whole rundown of the first, um, GI Joe issue, um, through the, through the yearbook because the yearbook has the first issue reprinted. Um, and you know, they were, they were, you know, throwing some points around and whatever, but they were mostly having a good giggle and a good laugh at, you know, product placement and having uh, a character in the middle of the shot or whatever is because they're trying to sell toys. And I'm like, well, that's a very, very cynical, uh, look at that comic, or should I say that's a very cynical lens to view that comic through? Because even though I don't love the first 10 issues of GI Joe, they're not bad issues. They very well written, like Stephen uh, pointed out now, and there's some real stakes in there already. I mean, you've got kind of a big setup happening and that kind of style of storytelling has completely disappeared. It feels in GI Joe, or should I say, it seems to be a daily occurrence in the new G.I. Joe stuff. Like, there's a big bad threat. We've got to stop it. It's going to end all life. Blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, it's just Wednesday. You know? And I I hate that uh, as well. And also, something that maybe that... Uh, and I think one of the reasons I love the Sunbow show so much is because the Sunbow did kind of... Um, the Sunbow. Uh, did kind of put a magnifying lens on or a spotlight on certain characters and giving them their their time in the sun. Yes, they were trying to sell toys, great, but at least we got to know those characters a bit better. And I do apologize if it sounds like there's something in my mouth. There is. It's a throat lo uh, lozenge um, because I'm still sick. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Robbie, what made you um, completely fl flip the script? Because I mean, your idea and what you're bringing up is so different and so left field what what's made you want to do that i mean aside from our topic challenging us to do that there must be a reason why you specifically felt that gi joe as a story needs scarlet and snake eyes to be a bad guy like yeah i just thought it was just so interesting and different um at least based off yeah i think it is obviously you would not enjoy it but i think as steven is correct you would get a lot more out of it by knowing that these guys were other people before, you know, as, as a, as a mirror to what the original GI Joes were, but also at the same time, just looking at those original figures, because I mean, that's what Larry had to do originally was just stare at the concept designs of these figures and figure out what, what they could be. And I think maybe I've just been really on a sci-fi event recently. Um, but like, yeah, ninjas and sci-fi have always been cool and interesting to me. So I just thought, make it more ninjury, make it more sci-fi, maybe more supernatural, um, make it feel more like a comic book, um, mm. and I suppose be more, maybe not more accessible. Because I mean, obviously, Jojo is accessible. We absolutely love it to this day. But I thought, go in a different route. I just wanted to do something, maybe not completely different, but different enough that it could be, it could stand on its own. Um, yeah, like, and not be like, you... oh, I think you know, if we just change it very, very slightly, it would be more interesting. But 
I think even with small changes or big changes, you can do a lot more with 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 the with the line. I mean, obviously, I mean, you look at the, how the cartoon approached the storytelling with G.I. Joe versus how Larry approached the storytelling. These characters do lend themselves to a lot of different scenarios and a lot of different tones, mm. which I, I think is quite cool. And I think a, a cool sci-fi crazy shit thing would be absolutely incredible. <laughs> it sounds like maybe Guys, I know get- this is me <laughs> getting back on my they've lost the recipe for original Coke argument, but... Have we lost the ability to produce retro style comic books? Do you mean what do you mean? Like uh, create stories that feel like they're from that time period, or do you on mean, like, the create... screen right now? I mm-hmm. have the variant, only one thousand copies produced cover for Snake Eyes Dead Game issue number one. Whoa. It is a a cover. A cover cover of <laughs> the Incredible Hulk issue that introduces Wolverine. And whoever wins must fight Wendigo. You uh, can picture that in your mind, but replace the Hulk with Storm Shadow. Replace Snake Eyes, re- replace Wolverine with Snake Wolverine, Eyes, yeah. and replace Wendigo with Cobra Commander. And you've got this dead, guy, dead game cover by a fella called Nuno Pereira. This cover is fucking gorgeous and i just i wish the interior matched i mean uh-huh. never mind the fact that it's a rob felt, and we all know how that goes but contemporary comic book art doesn't do it for me like this kind of level of vibrancy and retro charm i think gi joe looks and feels and works better as a retro property i mean mm. one need only look as far as the direction classified is taken they try to do their own thing. It fell flat. They're back to the well of the old school. The same thing must hold true with comic books. Because if you go new school, you're going to please a lot of people. But if you go old school, you're going to please all the people. I think, I think it's a safe assertion to make. Even the people who want G.I. Joe to push forward will not be unhappy with the G.I. Joe that pays homage to the the past and looks and feels like that thing that really grabs us by the balls and says, this is what you loved about this stuff. Mm. And it's back. So tell me, I mean, I know Tom Shirley wrote my favorite G.I. <laughs> Joe property of all in his Transformers versus G.I. Joe. And a huge component of that was the beautiful, colorful, like toyetic Kirby inspired <laughs> artwork. And I know that's just what Tom Shirley likes to draw. He's a self-confessed Kirbyophile. I've had the pleasure of actually interviewing the guy on the subject, and it's very evident that he's he was absolutely playing in his happy zone, in his wheelhouse, on that series. And it showed. And it had what, to me, was the most sta- outstanding character focus issue of all time, that being where Scarlet is brainwashed and living inside... Springfield, which is actually a kind of a, a phony town built on the back of Scorponok. And she's hanging out with all her old G.I. Joe friends. At the end of that issue, she murders her children. Guys, this is hardcore stuff. This is a direction that you never expect G.I. Joe to go into. <laughs> Except maybe in the cartoon series, which did pretty much the same thing. I mean, yep. yeah. <laughs> Shipwreck burnt those, those, those synthoid children alive, didn't he? 
Um, anyway, my point is, it did two amazing things in that issue. A solitary character focus that we'd never, ever had anything like in the past. No precedent for. And this beautiful art style, which just spoke to me in my... It hit me in the nostalgia fields, man. Can we put the genie back in the bottle? Can we dumb G.I. Joe down to a, a technique, an art style that was around in the early to mid-80s? Paul? I wouldn't possible? say... I think it's very possible. And I wouldn't even say we dumb it down uh, because I actually feel like as we've gotten more modern, we've been dumbing things up um, in, in comic book storytelling. I feel like, yes, we can nail a style. There is, a, there is precedent for it. Uh, the big, one of the big challenges is that as an artist, when you're in a, a professional, uh, when, you, when you're trying to be a professional or you're in that game, you are drawing at a level that is uh, consumer friendly for the most part, okay? So, like, I know a lot of guys don't love John Romita and John Romita Sr., for example, but they, he's always maintained this kind of style and he's managed to hold it and there are a lot of people that are critics of it and a lot of people that love it, but he manages to keep that old school vibe for things going. I don't know how to explain it, but he, the storytelling within a lot of John Romita's books is pretty good. I mean, if you look at the original uh, Kick-Ass, uh, that was very cool, actually. And that did feel like a retro comic um, written with, like, no comic code authority so they could get away with, like, you know, blood and guts and a bit of swearing and stuff, you know. And Kick-Ass uh, Kick did very, very well as a comic book. So I do think that there's a way to, to kind of go back and, and keep G.I. Joe in a time capsule uh, in that respect. Because... We've seen it. What is the other thing? Um, there was something that came out recently as well, where they also kept, they kept the whole story within the bubble of of the eighties or the nineties. Yeah, I mean, duh. Stranger Things. Stranger Things does really, really well by sticking in that bubble as well, by keeping itself in that bubble. So I kind of feel like, yeah, you're right. I think GI Joe could be more successful if they could just, you know keep it in a retro bubble and try not to make it too um current and and not and, and not try to like polish it off so much because uh when i was talking to to zach howard uh he his actual work his current gig right now is he's busy working on the re-release of 2000 ad and the reason he's working on 2000 ad is because his art style is similar to what made 2080 great in the first place. So he uses very strong hashing. He's got very good, um, you know, spotting of blacks, and his uh, and his panel styles just work really, really well. Just the way that he does his narrative in his in his uh, pages is is very much like what we saw in 2080. So they are recognizing that that's how they should go with the new Judge Dread is to keep Judge Dredd in its own retro bubble instead of trying to make it current and whatever's. So, yes, I very well uh, believe you can do this. And I see uh, Hans Chow <laughs> has... Uh, My audio being the abortion that it is, I've decided to step down and bring in a replacement. His name's Hans Chow. You know this guy from two episodes back. And he has some opinions to level at this, uh, this art conundrum. <coughs> Take it away, boys. How are you going? No, no, you, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Hans Chow. Continue, Paul. I, I'll, I'll, I'll follow. 
No, I, I, well, I was getting to the end point now. So, yeah. So, I feel like, yes, we can keep G.I. Joe in a, in a retro bubble from an art perspective, from a writing style. We can do these things. Even if you did write, like, a modern... If you use a modern style of writing in retro, you could actually do it really well. Um, and that's... that's and, and also, just as I'm walking out the door with this argument, or with this point, uh, it's one of the reasons I feel He-Man Revelations has failed is because they try to make it too cool wow. for its own good instead of just leaning into what makes it great. Like, there's a reason in South Africa why so many guys are big He-Man fans and why I run into, statistically run into more He-Man fans than G.I. Joe fans. Like, I'm talking about, like, 50 to 1, 50 He-Man fans to 1 G.I. Joe fan because there's a goofiness and a hokiness to He-Man that has survived and there's a retro thinking in He-Man that has survived, or Motu, that has survived in the minds of a lot of people. And the seriousness and the coolness of G.I. Joe hasn't survived with those guys. So, yeah. And those same guys I speak to, they also, like, they have no interest in picking up modern G.I. Joe stuff. So, hmm. Anyway, that's uh, me making my point. Hans, lay it on us, my dude. Uh, I always feel, to me comic books are the ultimate art form. Uh, it's very easy nowadays for people to sit down and draw one picture, one picture, one picture, but to loyally sit down and redraw and tell a long place kind of story is, 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 a, is, a, is vastly and quickly becoming outdated because people would rather sit down and watch a TV show. It's with regards to longevity, it makes more sense. You can sit down and if you watch a show, it's definitely going to take 20, 22 minutes. You can kind of peruse through a comic book in about 10 minutes tops if you're moving really slowly sometimes. Yet the time it took to create that book took months and the efforts of two, three, four people, inkers, artists, colorists, writers, that sort of thing, right? Um, so in, at least in my opinion, in an effort to try to get the general public to purchase more into this dying art they've started to attempt to get you know, make it more not only more accessible but more interesting for a wider group of people but in attempting especially in gi joe's case to try to get it more interesting to this wider group of people they've alienated uh their original uh audience so as steve said with regards to gi joe having such a huge like list of characters and focusing on one every now and then very similarly to how the old sunbow series did it they've leaned heavily just into this uh this this 13 individuals right but and then of course because they've been so heavily into the 13 individuals they'll rewrite those same individuals constantly to try to refresh the series which is not necessary when you have a roster of hundreds of characters art wise i don't i can go and I think once the story is good, you can kind of give the art a bit of a suspension. But I feel G.I. Joe is a very uh, special title. And I'm going to give you a little bit of insight on something that I've been working on right now. And it wasn't supposed to come out till Christmas. It was actually for Rob, funnily enough. Because hey. I, I missed Rob's birthday. And I did art for Steve. I did art for Paul. But I didn't do anything for Rob. So Aww. I said to myself, I was, I was going to do... I'm not going to just do one picture of Scoop. I was going to write a story. So how would I write a story for Scoop? Spoiler alert. So 
the idea that you have a journalist on a team of hardcore military individuals seems a bit far-fetched and I so I leaned really heavily into that so it's actually in a monologue so he's sitting down at a computer and he's actually editing video and he's monologuing kind of to himself and to the reader and he's very much like you know what what's the point of having a journalist on the GI Joe team you know there are machine gunners there are mechanics there's individuals who are specialists in intelligence and espionage so what's the point of having me on this team? Why am I on this payroll? And it's just very much a self-reflection. And he's like, for every uh, for every orphanage that Cobra builds, they destroyed a village to fill that orphanage with orphans. You know, hmm. for every low-income housing that they've built somewhere and gotten all this appreciation, they've seized land from people who you know who who rightfully belong to this land, and they cover up everything. They wage an intelligence war against, you know, the free world, which has basically rendered them as almost like heroes to the entirety of the world. And I, my job is there to make sure that the entire world is there to see what they've done. They, everyone fights. The, all the other members of my team fight with blades and they fight with bullets, but I'll fight with information. And the last line in the book is actually is no matter where there's trouble, I'll be there to get the scoop. You know, and that's the end of the book. And it's that's five. So cool. Well, that's the thing, right? It's it's an incredible catchphrase. It's exactly <laughs> right. Title drop. It's a very cool <laughs> story that you can tell that revolves around just a guy. He's not the best soldier, but he leans heavily into what he does. And the problem with GI Joe right now is they're not embracing those file cards that were so lovingly built and the things that we love right they're trying too hard to to be superheroes and they're not and that's what made gi joe so good and that's what continues to make it so good and with regards to leaning so heavily into where they come from i don't think that i don't think that taking them away from their origins is going to make them better they they already are perfect and they just need to explore the perfection of their structure because it's not the x-men and it's not avengers the roster's too big the file cards are too huge people just need to dig in there and be creative and they need to embrace that and that's something we don't see nowadays they don't embrace the past they think mm -hmm. the future is where the profit is which is not which is not true right mm -hmm. Because we are the ones who've really kept this alive. And if my if I didn't introduce this to anyone else, my kids, etc., they wouldn't know what it is. And the military is also something that is very prominent in American culture. And I think it's important for them to embrace that because they are too busy demonizing it. They're too busy looking at it in a negative light. And they don't... It's very much like that issue of Snake Eyes, actually, where, um, oh gosh, Sean Collins wanted to join the military, but his dad wouldn't let him. And Snake Eyes wrote that letter to him. And that letter that he wrote says, you know, in war you'll see the worst of humanity, but you'll also see the best of humanity. And let G.I. Joe kind of put forward this best of humanity concept mm -hmm. rather than turning into these robots and the superheroes and the helix with their slight mutant and stuff like that let us be let them be absolutely normal individuals who have decided to put aside their 
you know, their own selfish desires to be self-serving, you know, be. Well, yeah, let's make them slightly colorful, Hans. Sorry. <laughs> For instance, why is it we've yet to get a character spotlight on Shipwreck in the Homerverse? Hmm. Exactly. I mean, it's such a fertile Han Solo-esque character to write for. Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly what does he get up to in Tool Greenland? Come on, man. I, I want to <laughs> see that, that bit of file card information teased out into a four-part story. As I said before, it can add to the overall narrative tapestry, but let's let's share the focus. Let's. I mean, this is something that uh, my master builder friend, uh, you know who you are, pal, the Lego maniac. Um, he is a big fan of Tunnel Rat. Tunnel Rat's been a gun-toting supporting character who doesn't really get any character focus. But there's a very vibrant character waiting to be shown. But we know next to nothing about Licky, Licky Nee, <laughs> Nicky Lee. <laughs> Isn't he from Trinidad? He's, he's, yeah, he grew up in Manhattan, but he's Trinidadian, which is... Hans knows. Hans knows. So he's got North American and Trinidadian heritage. Yes. That's your man, Hans. He is. Huh? He is my he is. he is. Awesome. Good. Good, good. I, I got him off the shelf, off the peg, because when I looked at the file card, he said he was Trinidadian. I was like, that, there we go. Fine. <laughs> Also, um, something I want to mention, it just goes with what Hans is saying. So Hans, you and I are very much in line with that like scoop story, the way that you're trying to tell that, um, because that's where my head is a lot with this kind of, with GI Joe, especially. Um, but then if I, if I just think back to like two weeks ago, when I got, uh, my, uh, spirit classified Joe and Celia was checking this out and she's like, oh, wow, he's really cool. And like, what's he do and all that kind of stuff. And like, I spend time talking about like spirit as a character, like, oh, you know, like who he is, you know, and why, you know, he might be, have given, might've been given this knife and what freedom is and blah, blah, blah. But I can't think of like a great moment in the comic book where spirit is showcased. Um, but I can have a whole big deep dive into the character and how cool he is. And the thing is like, that touches on what you're saying. Every G.I. Joe has this is a great element, you know, to be put into a story. You know, you just have to let them be in a story and let that play out because the story of these characters is so interesting. And so, yeah, Hasbro does definitely need to. I feel Hasbro needs to focus on that for the for the narrative of what G.I. Joe is. Also, Ryan um, had a comment earlier that I really want to get to. Uh, he went, Paul, do you think just leaving it in the 80s is, is more for us established fans and may not bring in new fans? Um, yes, on, on the surface, yeah, I would say Stranger that is things, totally, everybody. yeah, that's what I was going to get to. On the surface, that is totally uh, right, you know, like, oh yeah, if we keep it there, we're going to alienate new people and blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing, right? Yeah, Stranger Things, as Steve just mentioned now, Cobra Kai is essentially an 80s property that has got more people following it today than the original Karate Kid did. Um, then the... The yeah, there's James Bond, but like let's let's go into something a little bit more dare I say contemporary. The two the newest Ninja Turtles game is a retro styled game. It's retro styled, and it's also one of the best selling Turtles games like ever made. Okay, and it's one of this year's best performing video games. 
So like that retro aesthetic is actually appealing to the current audience who doesn't have any sort of emotional connection to the stuff. Uh, kids in my Kung Fu school uh, who play Fortnite, I, I came to, I took them for training and I was wearing my Snake Eyes hoodie and they're like, oh my God, that's Snake Eyes from Fortnite. And I was just about <laughs> to do like a, a like sort of football style kick and kick the kid out the window when I realized, wait, hold on, you know who Snake Eyes is? This is good enough for me, you know? Um, so I feel like there's a lot of retro stuff that is actually way more appealing to, to modern audiences than we initially think. And that we, I think we, we're the ones who are making the mistake of thinking that this stuff is just for us when so many, I mean, even at Comic-Con, the amount of like retro-ness, dare I say it, um, is, is definitely there. So I don't know. I think, I, I think old Hasbro could do themselves a favor and, and just really experiment with really leaning into the retro-ness of G.I. Joe. And Transformers. I mean, you know, Transformers is kind of there. And it's, I think we're getting some of the coolest, well, we're getting a mixed bag of Transformers toys. We're getting really, really cool ones with like a handful of okay-ish ones. But they are leaning to that retro aesthetic. So let's see. Um, there was and another still thing. making Bayformers. My goodness. Yeah, I saw this. But the success of this films cannot be denied. So the toys no. must ride that wave. But go for it. Absolutely. The Studio Series 86s, all that stuff, all that retro goodness. Beautiful. It's yeah, that's where the heartbeat of this hobby lies, friends. It mm. it it still is attractive even to people discovering today. Even if they have to do it by by way of Fortnite. Guys, I see the time ticking on and I think we could absolutely wow. expand <laughs> this into another episode. But looking forward, issue 301, if you believe the rumors, and the rumors did come from Mr. Harmer himself, <laughs> loose lips and all, at a convention. It's, issue 301 is written already. Hell, issue 302 is probably written by now. Mm -hmm. Um it, it, the publisher has not been announced yet. I anticipate they don't want to steal IDW's last hurrah. Mm. You know, let 300 come and go without already, uh, you know, people moving on to the next big thing. Um, but do you think there will be some major running changes, or do you think the new publisher will just say, "Larry, you're the god of all GI Joe existence. Keep doing what you're doing, pal." I think they can see what the sales are like, and they they have an they can see what was popular originally with Jojo, which seems to be coming out a lot in this discussion we've just had now. Go back to the eighties, um, make it more retro, really lean into that. Um, and I think maybe depending on the publishers, they might have words to say that would hopefully encourage Larry to kind of go back to what made GI Joe amazing for the original fans and bring that into a new generation of fans. It's just but curious to me that, that Larry has used the word 301. It's not ah. like it's issue one with the new publisher. It's like, I'm Larry and I'm still telling my... Real American hero story. My story, yeah. My omni yeah. story. My, my one, one railway track of continuity. I, I went to um, a convention where Larry was speaking about his run on G.I. Joe. And uh, one of the guys asked him, why did you take G.I. Joe? And he said, it's because no one else wanted it. And it allowed me that, that this was a convention in this country, which was hilarious because we don't usually have them. <laughs> the story that gets and, better every time he tells it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is canonically true. Oh, well, yeah, no. so he tells us. 
Yes, yeah. continue on. He said no one else wanted it, which means that I could do whatever I wanted with it. And then it yeah, kind of... Apparently the Hasbro um, interference wasn't too heavy-handed. No, it as long wasn't as he at kept all. featuring, you know, it did a kind of a, a toy issue every five or so issues to keep keep the new product current. He could tell whatever story focused on whoever he wished. Yep. Mm. I think I think once I think if if they leave him alone and let him do his thing, I think he does good things. But I think as long as they're forcing him to try to be contemporary, because he's not a contemporary gentleman, I don't think. I think he's very much a classical individual. And I think he generates good stories, and good stories tend to be immortal regardless of time period and or writer. So I think if they just let him do his thing, they're on the right track. It gets bad when people with money start to try to control people with creativity. That's when it starts to go down, at least in my opinion. Cynical Steve believes that being bound to toy releases did sometimes give him a much-needed push of direction. Like, if the ideas were stagnating and starting to repeat, well, 1987 rolled around, and now suddenly he had to work in Raptor and a new Cobra Commander suit of armor. Like, these things springboarded like massive plot lines the death and then return of cobra commander was springboarded by the fact that like serpentor was out and battle armor cc was in and larry was like this is the perfect opportunity to have a doppelganger or a you know do the the the, the, the wolf in sheep's clothing or the, the fred in cobra commander's clothing storyline like stuff like that that's just one example of the toy line pushing out Solid storylines. The Iron Fist. Let's have a, a Cobra <laughs> Civil War. Let's have multiple factions. Let's have the bad guys all have their own separate armies, be it Serpentor, Destro, and Fred. Anyways, uh, Paul, 301, Me. your predictions, if you please. Ooh, uh, 301. Uh, God, will they, will, they, will they fold the flag again? I don't know. I we'll probably find that like I, i'm uh, totally speaking out of my ass here but like snake eyes will become a good guy again if he hasn't already um he will now have superpowers uh you know it will, will no longer it'll probably end up being like instead of scarlet being the leader she'll become general scarlet general general ohara um cobra commander will be revealed to be a robot and Serpento will somehow be rebooted as a half robot, half Cobra Law thing. Um, yeah. And then Destro will become a good guy. And then, yeah. And then, oh, G.I. Joe will probably have a super team comprised of just the female members of G.I. Joe. Um, shouting girl power every two seconds as they fight <laughs> for freedom over Lancian Air. Sorry, but that's kind of what I see is going to happen. So cynical. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, but I, I am. Listen, if it's not that, okay. And if it is that, that's fine as well because Something it's not going to change G.I. Joe for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. You know like, oh, I love it. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to be like so. Uh. And you, Rob, how do you see things changing? Well, I, as I said, I, I I would hope that um, you know he would be able to kind of take it back, like as we've been talking here and suggesting that we would go back to the start, you know, and kind of like start over again. I mean, my original concept actually was like more of like a Westworld thing, but I, I feel like people want stuff to be more in the past. So my I, I went completely sci-fi in all of my ideas for this episode. 
mine was like it feels like it's 1982 again but it turns out it's like they're they've been cloned or something and it's like the year 23 something and i don't know i, I was going too far for it <laughs> <laughs> way too far for it my ideas were like in the in the future future but i but you know having heard what most people are saying it feels like and I and I've always always thought this as well that that going back to the beginning is much better. Make it a fully retro line, a fully retro story. The toys seem to be doing that. That doing that. I mean, they're 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 going back to those original designs. And the comic book should should do that too to reflect the toys. Um, go back to the eighties. Yeah, have have yeah. As Darren suggests here, blow everything up and three hundred one will start with a new lineup. But you can have it be like um. Now this is reaching back into the past. You can have it be like Dallas. We <laughs> basically I've come out of a coma and I've just dreamed this entire five <laughs> oh, issues and spoilers uh, for Dallas back in the eighties again. Oh my god, I was fifty and it was the year two thousand twenty-two. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I reckon we're in for a soft reboot, boys. That's the horrendous term that gets thrown around. Mm. One that gets uh, us back to a kind of a a de facto or a status quo that we're all familiar with, that people who haven't read a single one of the IDW continuity can read uh, and sure. not feel like they've work. lost out on 15, 20 years worth of comic books. However, they are going to keep this thread of continuity for the, <laughs> the few of us who are still holding on. Um, and in so doing, in 301, Snake Eyes will be reborn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I also, I also agree with Ryan. Back they from the grave. Darker stories, like they did at Devil's Due. Um, or what they should do, I mean, I think as, as, they've, as they've been doing with the Transformers and with this line before, they have been running multiple G.I. Joe comics. So you can actually have other creative people doing stories in the G.I. Joe universe that maybe are a bit darker. Hey, let other people interest- have fun with these characters. When did they try to? When did the gem movie come out? You know they did like a like a modern yeah. gem movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Ten years ago. Okay, okay. No. So <laughs> we're, about, we're about ready to have gem join the GI Joe team now. They, they oh, mention okay. them, huh? They do mention them in the, in the thing. Yeah. Yeah, they said it. I think one of the Joes was like, "I'm going to the gems and the holograms concert later." Oh, and that was no. Like, so it is canon. In it is canon. I'm okay Ooh. with it. <laughs> no, I'm totally fine with that. I just think she's going to be the new. Don't make her a Joe, and we're fine. You know? <laughs> nah, she's going to be the leader of. Joe. I don't know. I'm I'm half expecting crossovers. Damn, and the GI Joes. I mean, it's not IDW, so whoever's going to take over, maybe they'll do like a huge crossover uh, with all the other Hasbro properties. So we'll, well get like IDW tried. They tried with well, that um, revolution. They just used the wrong was, teams. And it did not work. It didn't work. They just used the wrong teams, man. Like they were, they try to cross it with like Rom Space Knight and yeah, because those are all the Hasbro properties. I mean, yeah, they were, should have just been GI Joe and My Little Pony, man. Just... GI Joe and um and and Gem and the holograms and My Little Pony. Yeah, they can just go out there and yeah, that'll be amazing. But no, yes, not that I like My you, Little Pony, mind you. But you thankfully yeah. didn't actually watch that original episode, and that was the, the end of Dallas. They obviously tried to make a correction in, in, in the TV show because the, the, the viewership was down. People hated it. But they hated it even more that they tried to go back to the you know the original well of the story. Mm. 
That's crazy like, that you actually watched the original episode. That's like, wild. It's a dream that I'm waking up from inside my coma. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> right, and apparently the gem movie was 2015. Thank you, Zentara. I was off by a year. Yeah, you were closer than I was. I thought because that I, I liked Gem. I went. I wanted to like that movie. I went to Me too. watch it, and I when I saw it, I was like, "What is this? It's outrageous!" <laughs> it's it just was, truly no, outrageous. it wasn't outrageous. It was. I'm not doing that joke for it. It doesn't deserve that joke. It's terrible. <laughs> Anyways, guys, my retro toy biz bent keeps on trucking. I got the original first Deadpool action figure ever created. Yeah, Rob, Small the infamous. Oh, Small I can't pool. wait to see him again. He's kind of youthful or effeminate, <laughs> however you want to put it. Like, he's, a, <laughs> he's very thin. Because he's got that I always remember his, 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 his thigh, not his thighs, but his, his lower legs being very, very thin. Like his, like yeah, because there's nothing very, like razor sharp. Deadpool of late, he wears boots, but this mm. one is definitely wearing spandex. And you know because what, guys? Because couldn't draw feet. You know, so <laughs> exactly. Of course, you know, the, Love the, it or hate it, the it legs is just go down to like uno. stumped. <laughs> it was the first Deadpool ever created, and has a very special place in my heart, and especially Rob's heart. And it is delightful yeah. to have him with his functioning. I'm not I'm not even going to call it a dagger. It's more like a shiv, tiny little screwdriver, and his two very <laughs> short blades. Good Great. fun, man. What fun. Um, and that's my new nice, shit, dude. and that's all I have to say about that. Gentlemen, let's do the thing. Let's thank the people. Let's, people let's need thank to be this thanked. person, because we got thanks a new person. Oh, we have a new person. Oh, we're not yeah, thanking so Hans. Okay. So, thanks. No, no thanks, Hans. Just a special <laughs> thanks to all of these amazingly sexy people. Uh, you know, you guys are the Berg Force, and you know, you're part of our Patreon. And, you're part of our you know, family. Yeah, you actually are very much part of the family. family. You really do help us a lot with a lot of little things here and there in the in the creation of GI Joe books. So he was the new person. Much. The second but the new person is actually an old person that has joined. <laughs> He's oh, wow. Jim. His name is Jim Godfrey. Thank you so much for supporting And I'm us. so happy. Thanks for always being a longtime friend of, of the channel. Yeah, man. It's great to have your name on this wall, man. But like... I just thought it was it was just such a shock. I got this notification and I'm like Jim huh. Godfrey. I'm like, I okay, recognize cool, this name. Wait. There's two Jim Godfrey's like, in the world. I'm like, and we oh, have to be apparently at a time zone or time frame that he could comfortably make. But I Maybe. bet by the time and he's actually jumping on a session, <laughs> we'll have moved moved time zones again. No, no. I'm, I'm getting closer and closer to you guys. Last That's week true. I was six hours ahead. Now I'm five hours ahead. Whoa. Dun, dun, dun. Amazing. Amazing. Absolutely insane. But guys, we have been attempting to rewrite the Homiverse um, somewhat unsuccessfully, but maybe there are a few nuggets that we can all take from this conversation. Just the things that we hold nearest and dearest to our hearts about these comic books and these stories and this lore. And then the noise, the fluff, the other stuff, the stuff that we could happily do without. And yeah, this is our little message in a bottle. That maybe maybe these words will be heated somewhere along the line. Maybe we'll get down to a, a string of stories that really just hits on every single cylinder. Ooh. <laughs> Fires on every Zealand. single cylinder. I try to tie it in a nice little bow, guys. But I've just uh, sunk a beer. It's Sunday night. 
Party it's a car metaphor. Nice. Speaking of, nice. I'm about to head to the after party. I don't know about you fellas, but if you join the Berg Force at any tier, you get an invite to our little after party, which I routinely yeah. miss because of family duties. But guess what? Little Elliot is in bed, and I am now ready to party. Oh, yeah. Oh. 20 family members <laughs> all watching him. I think he's going to be fine. And the dog's going batshit in the other room. All right. <laughs> Um, Hans, pimp something, dude. Where can people find you? Oh, they can find me on Instagram, where I I'm currently on a Lord of the Rings kick right now. Before I get back into the Infinity comic book, um, so I'm only fans. Hans Charles. Yeah. Anyway, um, and then nice workout, by the way. I've sometimes done bully juices stuff. It's brutal. But uh, more brutal is Pamela Reef. That little blonde bulky (laughs) kills me, man. I I don't do the females. My wife comes. Have a good day at work, Darren. (laughs) Stay safe on a Sunday. Yeah, Darren, stay safe. Stay calm. Don't let people drive you crazy. Darren. um, And goodbye to everyone. Pretty much. not doing it to the masses of the university, Yeah, that is weird that he wouldn't. Don't give him ideas, man. We got to get out of here. Bug, 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 b